Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. If Old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, she'd talk about it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, if you had a good story, sure. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? It's a Tuesday. Come on in. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yonke. So glad you're joining us. I'm glad that Sunshine is going to be joining us today as well. Let's take advantage while we can. Today, it looks like sunny and mild conditions are on the way. 44 are expected high. Tonight, back down to 30 degrees. Wednesday, a few more clouds, but still mild at 44. And then all of a sudden, Thursday, things start to change again. We've got another chance of snow developing Thursday afternoon all the way through Friday. Now they're telling me you could see anywhere from another one to three inches of snow could be mixed with rain. We're not sure at this stage in the game. Stu Ag meteorologist, of course, will try to break out the details he sees developing. He's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Our man John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, should be back along with us. And we're reminding you again this morning how valuable all the watersheds across the state of Wisconsin are. Farmers are stepping up to voluntarily try to put in place practices that are having a positive impact on those watersheds. We'll talk about the Yahara Pride results coming up. Today's consumers have a lot of questions about where their food comes from and how it's produced. And that's all we talk about. I'm the fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee, and at the Midwest Farm Report, all we do is try to make sure you've got clear information on what Wisconsin farmers are doing today to put food on your table tomorrow. It's not about eat this versus that, but instead giving you the information you need to make smart decisions as a consumer. Join us at MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, and be sure to sign up for our e-newsletter. Solar panels, wind turbines, making energy is so important for the population. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I caught up with Isaac Orr. He is part of the Center of American Experiment Conservation Think Tank located in Minnesota. He gave me some background on what they do at the American Experiment. They really look through all it takes to set up those solar panels and those wind turbines. And he really brings another perspective on wind turbines and solar facilities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Center of the American Experiment, we call it American Experiment because the whole name is a mouthful. Uh, is a conservative think tank located in Minnesota. So we're in one of the suburbs of Minneapolis, uh, but I grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin, right? So uh, agriculture is in my blood. Uh, it can't really, you can take the boy off the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the boy, right? So uh, we milked 40 head, we had 100 head of beef cattle, we farrowed hogs, so we did the whole nine yards. And uh, really, uh, my, my bailiwick or my area specialty is energy and environmental policy, and a lot of times that includes agriculture. We keep hearing about solar panels and we hear about the wind farms and you really are doing a lot of research directly related to those things. One of the things that we've really specialized in at American Experiment is figuring out how many wind turbines, solar panels, or battery storage facilities you'd need to do some of these proposals that are coming out of Madison with the Evers administration or Washington with the Biden administration, right? They want us to use only these sources of electricity, but you know we've done a lot of research crunching the numbers, figuring out if this would you know be reliable. Will we have blackouts if we do it? 
And the, the answer is it's going to be very expensive. So we figured out it would cost about $248 billion extra through 2050 to convert Wisconsin's electricity from uh, coal and natural gas and nuclear to wind, solar, battery storage, and a little bit of nuclear, right? So that's a huge expense. You're talking about expense for the equipment, but what about the expense of the land and the land use? Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of it, right? So um, we would need to increase the amount of land that we are using for power plant generation a lot, right? So uh, your average solar facility requires eight acres per megawatt, right? And we figured out you'd need 35,000 megawatts in order to produce enough electricity with these things in order to help meet these goals that are being established by uh, these politicians, right? And we also figured out you'd need, uh, I think it's like 47,000 megawatts of wind and another 42,000 megawatts of battery storage. So put all of that together, a wind turbine, a uh, wind farm, if you want to call it that, uh, I don't, I call it a facility, uh, is 106 acres per megawatt. Right? So if you look at the, the acreage needed, you're looking at 5 million acres for all of the wind, solar, and battery storage uh, that you would need in order to power the state uh, less reliably than we are right now with coal, natural gas, and nuclear. You know, 5 million acres is 13% of the land area of the entire state of Wisconsin. Like, I don't think people are going to stand for that. Well, in taking away that much land out of production, that's going to hit them in another pocketbook too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, towns like the ones I grew up in, you know, they're very dependent on the agriculture industry. So you're going to have a lot of jobs in the area that go away because you're going to have less need for people at the, the elevator, right? Because there's going to be fewer crops that are grown. So you're going to have fewer dollars that are in the local economy at the machine shop or, you know, wherever you're looking to, you know, wherever your local agriculture dollar gets spent. So you might replace some of that with uh, subsidized, you know, wind and solar money, but it, it won't be the same, right? You're going to have this loss of all of these, uh, you know, it's, for me, it's the, the feed dealers, the seed dealers, the, um, you know, the, it's the, the folks that are in the ag industry, you're going to see an atrophy of the ag economy, and that's not what we want to see. You went right to the ag industry. I was thinking just about the consumers. What are those food prices going to do? Oh, yeah. People love the price of eggs right now, so if you love them now, just wait. Um, yeah, so that will happen because we're encouraging farmers to not grow uh, food anymore. And that's, that's a problem because, you know, I'm grateful that they put food on our tables. But it's not just our tables. America's farmers help feed the world. So, um, you know, for us, it's going to be inconvenient. We're going to have higher prices. And, you know, that's going to lead to hard decisions for families in, in this country. But it's going to be even worse for people in the developing world who already don't eat enough. So... Uh, we really need to be thinking about, you know, not only the impact this is going to have on Americans, because that's going to hurt, but it's going to be absolutely devastating abroad. So we keep talking about these facilities, turbine facilities and the solar panel facilities. What happens when they go out of style, when they don't work anymore? What's going to happen to these facilities? That is a great question, and uh, we don't know the answer to that because it hasn't really happened yet. So, unfortunately, like when you look at California, they were early adopters on this stuff. And as you drive through the Central Valley, you'll just see a bunch of wind turbines that were built in the 70s and 80s that are still there that are just broken. It's like a forest of broken wind turbines. So, 
uh, local units of government need to be really careful when they're permitting these things to say, look, if you're going to build this here, you are going to put aside enough money to decommission this facility in the future. It's going to be held as a irrevocable letter of credit or an upfront payment. So that way, if you guys go belly up, we're not stuck footing the bill, right? So the last thing we want is taxpayers footing the bill. And then you have to think about, you know, solar panels aren't really economic to recycle. Uh, it costs about 20 to $30 to recycle a solar panel where it costs $1 to $2 to landfill it. So it's a pretty easy economic decision. So, you know, we're importing most of these solar panels from China. 80% of solar panels come from China. Uh, a lot of these components are made by uh, enslaved Muslim Uyghurs working in Western China, and they're actually manufacturing these panels in facilities that are powered by coal. Like, you almost can't make this up because it's so wild, right? But the New York Times is reporting on this. The Biden administration uh, signed legislation uh, trying to stop the, the forced labor of Uyghurs, right? So I forget the exact name of that legislation, but there's a growing understanding that the supply chain for these quote-unquote clean energy sources is really pretty dirty. What are we going to do with those batteries when they stop working, right? The landfills? We're kind of maxing out on a lot of stuff, aren't we? They'll try to re recycle as much of it as possible, but we're not really sure how much of that is going to be available. So, you know, that's a challenge, and I think that that's a solvable challenge. Like, what do we do with this stuff when it's gone? The question is, how much of the material are you going to lose in the process? I mean, like, recycling is good, but it's not perfect, right? So, uh, to me, the, the big thing is, like, will we have enough of these materials in the first place? And it, when it comes to battery storage, they're very reliant on cobalt. It's, um, you know, one of the, the metals that makes the lithium-ion batteries stable and have longer battery life. And, you know, 50, or the majority of that is mined in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So they have the world's largest reserves. It's not even close. The United States uh, could help themselves out by developing uh, copper-nickel deposits up in Minnesota. Biden administration took those off the table. But even so, uh, we would be dependent on other countries for these materials on the on the front end. So, you know, we didn't like being dependent on OPEC for energy or for oil, but we are essentially developing that same sort of dependency for the metals that we need for wind turbines, solar panels, and battery storage, uh, because most of the buyers for that cobalt in the Congo are Chinese companies, and they send that back to China for processing. So China processes more copper, nickel, lithium and cobalt than any other country in the world. So we're trading a dependence on a, an unsavory cartel of nations that produce oil for a dependency on China. And I don't think that that's very wise. It's really a lot to look at. I think it's something that, you know, every John Q. public needs to check into yep. because even though those solar panels, we're fed the deal of the benefits, there are some of the non-benefits and some of the problems that come with them. And that was Isaac Orr. He is part of Center of the American Experiment. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Get your equipment ready for planting with a little help from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Right now, when you buy one plowshare, chisel, sweep, spike, or disc blade, get one 50% off. Save 10% off Delavan hydraulic cylinders. And select Stanley tractor replacement mufflers and rain caps, now 10% off. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet.
I look at this dairy cow, and again, it's the animal that I love. The things that this dairy cow can do and the way that she can produce milk, to me, there is no substitute for milk in the world. And to be able to keep cows and help cows produce that for people, to me, that's a privilege. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and apparently we are going to be speaking about snow, measurable snow. No, not today. Today looks like the day that we should be enjoying, but uh, it does look like we've got some issues developing later this week. Let's get our eye full of what's going on. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. So let's talk a little bit about this. Like I said, today is the easy keeper. Today looks like the day to enjoy and uh, think about spring because by the end of the week, it sounds like we're going to get challenged again. Well, yeah, it'll have that wintry look. There's definitely going to be some snow by the end of the week, but that's not the case yet today. In fact, today we can talk about a pretty fair day. Amount of sunshine out there upper 30s in the west and even low 40s further south a real nice day for this time of the year and there's not much to talk about the weather radar indicating there's some snow but it's out to the west in the western dakotas northwest nebraska nothing nearby for us i expect a pretty dry day with some sun that's all great a weak front's trying to push through that's where some of that snow is out west of the dakotas none of that's going to have a big effect what we can watch the next couple of days is what moves in off the West Coast, Northern California, Oregon, Washington, and into the Rockies. They're going to see a lot of snow, rain and snow and the like, all kind of brewing with a pretty strong system that is just to our west. But that system will finally be able to eject a wave our way, one that's going to slide in from the west, bring some snow and the like on into the Dakotas and Minnesota, the Dakotas and Minnesota seeing a little snow chance today, even into the day tomorrow. But it finally will begin to approach for us. And that's why I expect a little later Thursday and into Thursday night, more likely that some snow is going to develop and it could be heavy. It looks like that heavy band again will be uh, aiming at La Crosse and Mauston from southern Minnesota, northern Iowa into western Wisconsin. And in that part of western Wisconsin, upwards of eight inches of snow or more look to be a possibility. 
not as heavy, but still a good snow looking towards southern Wisconsin and a little lighter as you head up toward the eastern section of the state uh, where you look over toward Fond du Lac, maybe Beaver Dam, and certainly north up into the Fox Valley where some maybe two or three inches of snow are a possibility. The heaviest will be Thursday night. It tapers off and ends into the day Friday, giving us some cleanup time. But colder air does indeed settle in with this system, so we get a bit colder then for Friday and into the weekend. Even a little cooler than normal, believe it or not. Five, six degrees cooler than we should be at this time of the year. So new snow will cool us down a bit to head toward the weekend, but we'll be able to clean it all up. A small chance of a little light snow could again edge in later Saturday night or into Sunday. I wouldn't expect it to be a big deal, but... We are indeed going to be talking about precipitation and I think measurable precipitation when we talk about Thursday night coming up. But until that, a couple of fine days. Again, enjoy it like Pam said. Sunshine, a nice day today. More clouds, but mild temperatures around again for Wednesday. Pretty nice way to head on through midweek. I'll have forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compierre.com slash crop insurance. Compier does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. All righty, Stu. Well, my man Stan up in northeast Wisconsin says Brown County picked up a sloppy heavy two inches or so uh, overnight. So I guess this is a theme we're going to all enjoy sometime this week. Yeah, later on this week we'll get that. Uh, we had a good inch or so of real wet stuff here at Fond du Lac yesterday uh, and just a little bit last night, enough to cover the deck. But um, that's going to be kind of quiet today because I expect that we're in for mostly sunny skies. A pretty fine day. Low 40s at Madison, maybe a degree or two cooler further north and west. Nothing drastic. East winds today about 5 to 10. Sounds like a great Tuesday. Skies become mostly cloudy. And overnight we drop back down to around 30, maybe an upper 20. And east winds will be around 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Wednesday, still another fine day. Those low 40s in the south, a little cooler north and west. East winds, about 5 to 15. And then there's Thursday, mostly cloudy. We expect some snow to develop. Maybe a few raindrops at La Crosse or Mauston toward midday. More likely some snow later in the day, especially the further you head east. That snow will get more heavy in the nighttime. Upper 30s for highs on Thursday. East winds 10 to 20, gusts to 30. So a little blowing and drifting of that snow pan. And like I said, could be up to 8 or so La Crosse and Mauston. Maybe 5 or so Madison and eh, 3 or 4 at Beaver Dam, uh, Fond du Lac, and Oshkosh. So we'll have some snow and especially some cleanup come Friday. Well, you can just about see the people in the La Crosse area all holding their head right now with the thought of eight inches coming in again on their neck of the woods. I mean, there's some areas of the state that, holy man, the, the snow is just piled high. It's piled high, but uh, I also 
try to be optimistic about it and say, well, it's going to be moisture come spring. Right. True. True. Yeah. And at this rate, spring can't come quick enough. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, it uh, can dry up pretty quick. All right. Okay. I tell you what, your assignment, aside from keeping us up to date on what's happening here, why don't you start giving them a little snapshot at what weather in Iceland is going to be like, or maybe the Iditarod. Iditarod started yesterday in Alaska. We're headed to Iceland on our farm tour Saturday. One way or the other, we might be able to make them feel better about what we've got in Wisconsin. Yeah, we'll have to take a look and see which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. All right, see ya. Bye. Stu Muck, he's our ag meteorologist with the weather information you better be paying attention to. Speaking of weather information, more on that coming your way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. Pest control? You've got a guy for that car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven day, no questions asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. 
you're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to LiunaWisconsin.org slash join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. But we're looking at the Big Ten tournament. Is this the first time that Wisconsin has played on the Wednesday since the 14-team expansion? Ooh. I think that's it is. Be. I think I it is. I don't ever remember playing You know on who Wednesday. that's a question for? Zach Heilbrunn. I think it's the first time because you think he about it. listen. <laughs> you think about it. When was the 14-team Big Ten? 2012-ish? Something like that. Wisconsin's yes. been really good at basketball pretty much every year since then, outside of that 2018 season where they missed the NCAA tournament. But that was when they had a ton of injuries, and it was like Ethan Happ and one shoulder Brad Davison. Yeah. And and they, was, were, they were still better than the f- first four. Yeah. Which is technically the bottom four. More basketball. I, I mean, if you want to look at it, in a positive light, they have more chances to bolster their resume. Yeah. Like you said, instead of playing (laughs) one tougher game against Iowa to start, they get to play Ohio state who isn't good, but all the metrics love. Yeah. Is this Wisconsin's way of, of getting back that grambling state game? Getting, getting into the they're, they're pulling the bucks and <laughs> eh, we wanted to be here <laughs> we we wanted the 12 seed we you know we uh we wanted to get the extra game we lost we to grambling State. game <laughs> but i mean you look at it now i think personally for the wisconsin badgers they kind of got a good side of the bracket when looking at it like maryland the second half of the season they whooped the badgers ass yes uh illinois feels like this team is just built to be a tough matchup with Wisconsin. Same thing with Indiana. Northwestern just feels like they have the the Badgers number this year. But then you look at the top side, Wisconsin gets Ohio State, which we talked about. 
a lot of metrics like Ohio State, weirdly enough, that'll help them more than a win against Minnesota or the Nebraskas of the world would for the four teams that are in those first two Big Ten games Wednesday. And then you get Iowa. If you beat Ohio State, you get Iowa, a team that you have kind of had their numbers since Fran McCaffrey's been the coach. They're also, yeah. the Iowa, more than anybody, is so prone to a meltdown. Where, like, yeah, Illinois is really good. Sometimes they just lay complete duds against poor teams, but they have somehow always beat the Badgers. Iowa is so well-equipped to just completely melt down in a game. We've seen it so often. Whether the coach is giving you free points, which I can almost guarantee will happen, whether whether the players have some freakouts. Um, did you guys react to the Fran McCaffrey staring at the ref video? We did last mention week? it. Yeah, it, I mean, it was more or less, it was just so bizarre. What like, an idiot. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Coach, hey, I'm all in on Fran. I mean, <laughs> he, he called a timeout to stare at the ref. Coach your damn team. Yeah. It's it's one of those where, well, I mean, he did it uh, uh, in the Wisconsin game, too. Uh, and when he took a whole timeout, just to yell at a ref. Was that and, the game at Iowa that he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He got a technical foul also and gave the Badgers the win. Right. Somehow a lot of coaches that play Wisconsin well, tend to tend to hand them <laughs> victories. I think it's, you know how great. they say styles make fights. I, I do I, I do not. <laughs> do styles make fights? Yeah. that That's more of like a combat sports term but anyways styles make fights Ben and I think the reason why Wisconsin has kind of had Iowa's numbers since Fran McCaffrey has gotten there is kind of the stylistic matchup like I was a team that they're kind of long and lanky but they're not real physical and they're always great shooters with Fran McCaffrey yeah they suck at defense where Wisconsin is an extremely physical team and they play defense and normally they have pretty decent closeout perimeter defense. So when you're playing against more of a finesse shooting Iowa team that doesn't play defense but likes to get up and down the court, it lends you to playing like the 62 to 55 type games, which plays into Wisconsin's favor. Yeah. Like when it's when it's 85 to 80, that's not necessarily the game Wisconsin wants to be playing against Iowa. But most of the time, Wisconsin's perimeter defense shows up. They're a little bit more physical down low than Iowa is, it seemed like, on most years. And they find ways to win the game when maybe they didn't have the more athletic team or maybe they didn't even this year have the better team, but they find ways to win. If they do get past Iowa, they would then have Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Michigan State, that is the one game you want back, right? That's one of the few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me rephrase that. That's one of the few Big Ten games you want back. (laughs) It was a game you could have, you should have won at least five without Tyler Wall. That was when he had his ankle injury. I can name nine games I want back. On the job till the cows come home. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Sunshine today, a high of around 44. Tomorrow, some clouds, but still 44. Then look out, Thursday and Friday, we've got another snow advisory in effect for most of the state of Wisconsin. It's going to be dependent on where you are, the type of precipitation you'll be picking up. Of course, we'll keep you posted. I'm Pam Yonke. Really glad you're along with us on a Tuesday morning. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll be along with us as well. So, today is the seventh day of March. On this day, back in 1965, police brutally attacked civil rights marchers in Selma, Alabama. A lot of demonstrators injured that day. It started the history books as Bloody Sunday. The event also helped to shift public opinion in favor of the civil rights movement. 
It happened on this day back in 1965. I'm sure that you'll see many tributes, uh, many uh, snapshots of history regarding this event on the news today. On this day in 1926, the first two-way transatlantic telephone takes place. Yeah, it was a conversation between the post office in London and Bell Laboratories in New York. It basically was using a shortwave radio signal to conduct that very first two-way transatlantic telephone call on this day back in 1926. Congratulations to ABC affiliate WXOW Auto Lacrosse started broadcasting on this day back in 1970. Happy birthday to Breaking Bad's Brian Cranston. He's 67. Comedian Wanda Sykes, 59 years young. And now you know. You know, Wisconsin now is polka dots with farmer-led watershed groups all across the state. Seems like a new one is popping up every week. And I put the emphasis on farmer-led watershed groups because these are farmer volunteers coming together to take a look at what other farmers are doing on conservation practices, different cover crops, with the goal generally of trying to keep nutrients on the farm and out of waterways. Now, every watershed has a little different challenge that they may be looking at, depending on their soil type, depending on their terrain. Yahara Pride Farms covers a big chunk of south-central Wisconsin. This was one of the first farmer-led watershed groups that came together, oh, probably more than 12 years ago now. They recently got together for their annual meeting to take a look back at what they've accomplished, not just in the last year, but in the last 12 years. I had the opportunity to visit with Kim Meyer. She's the Watershed Program's coordinator and agronomist for the Madison Metropolitan Sewage District, which has been a partner with the Yahara Pride efforts of really trying to cut phosphorus levels in not only the waterways, but in our soils in general. And she said people need to pay attention to the data because Yahara Pride Farms is proving these watershed farmer-led groups are working. They're really the innovators. They're the ones really leading the change. Peer-to-peer learning, I think, has a really big impact on the farm. Farmers can see what is or isn't working for their fellow farmer. Uh, Really impactful. Now, tell me a little bit about what you've seen from a scientific side of things. Like you said, we try a lot of things. Some things fail, some things don't. Dane County has witnessed some real success with this. Yeah, uh, the farmers are really putting a lot of effort in and getting a lot of work done out on the landscape. If you take a drive out in the country right now, you see things greening up. It's a lot of bit, a lot of cover crops out yeah. there. Um, one of the big changes is when you're new and you're doing something brand new that hasn't been tried by other people, some of the modeling piece specifically is a part that we're working through right now. Is you know Yahar Pride Farms, uh, one of the original watershed groups. They've been calculating their phosphorus reduction since they began, but things have changed, and we want to make sure that we're being as conservative as possible on our estimations because we want to make sure that whatever practices they're doing, we want to calculate the best to our ability what those phosphorus reductions are because we we want to see change in the watershed. And so being more conservative, uh, we can have more confidence in what the outcome is going to be. You're to the point now in the Yahara watershed where the farmer producers have hit their marks. They've accomplished the goals. I mean, it's kind of one of those, Dane County, look at the success. There's a very small 
geographic element that's still working on it. Explain that small geographic element and where it really is. All, we have our, our watershed split up into multiple stream reaches, and the majority of those stream reaches have a large component of agriculture in them. One of the stream reaches in Madison, we haven't been meeting our goals, but it lacks agriculture land. It's, most of it has been developed or it's currently being developed, and we don't have access to open land where farmers can make change and have a big impact on water quality. So we're working with different groups trying to make changes, but unfortunately because of the development, we don't have those same opportunities we have throughout the rest of the watershed. You know, we're using your heart pride as an example just because it's one of the most well-established. Are you hearing the same kinds of stories for all the other watersheds that are around the state, Kim? Yeah, I think that farmers really appreciate the opportunity to learn from each other, go to field days and see firsthand what, what's working for one farmer or what isn't. And I think it's had a huge impact where you know farmers understand farmers and hearing from someone that's actually done the work in their field has a really big impact on, on a decision making. Yeah. That gal's Kim Meyer, very valuable partner that Yahara Pride Farms have had to work with over the past number of years. She's the Watershed Programs Coordinator and Agronomist for the Madison Metropolitan Sewage District. She's now going to be taking a new job with uh, Dane County, but the good news is she's going to be connected to the same type of programs, only on the county level. Now, I hope you paid attention to what she said earlier in that conversation. In the Yahara Pride Watershed, which covers a large chunk of Dane County, they have met their mark. They have hit their goals as far as phosphorus. The only area that is still lacking substantially is the metropolitan area where there are no farms, only construction. Something to kind of think about. You can find out more about this group online, yaharapridefarms.org. They also have a pretty good Facebook page. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the weather. I mentioned that our weather is going to be changing. We want to remind you again that the Midwest Farm Report has teamed up with the National Weather Service, encouraging you to become a part of their rainfall reporting network. Tim Holbach is the Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service out of their Milwaukee office. And he said, contrary to what you might believe, they do have plenty of technology that they lean on when it comes to forecasting, but getting information from the real world, people that are living in Wisconsin, that information is actually very key to accurate forecasting. We have all these great tools that have a lot of technology involved with them, but in the end, we need to know what's happening on the ground. So we rely heavily on, in the moment, people telling us how bad is the storm, what kind of damage are you seeing, is there a tornado that's occurring. We don't have tools that can just physically tell us that, you know, what's happening actually at the ground. So we really rely on people to, to do these measurements or views from their house or nearby their community. And that information not only helps out for keeping people safe in their own community, but people in communities that are downstream from where that weather is going to be going in the next hour or two. That's the voice of Tim Halbach. He is a warning coordination meteorologist in Milwaukee with the National Weather Service. March is the month that we ask you to get involved as a rainfall reporter. So much of Wisconsin geography is unrepresented. That's what we want to try to change. It's very easy to get signed up. Go to wisconsinweatherwatchers.org. Spell it all out. wisconsinweatherwatchers.org.
John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, coming up in just a moment. Let's take a quick look at what's happening in the markets, at least right now. In the overnight trade, December corn unchanged right now at 570. November beans basically unchanged at 1379. July wheat, that's up two right now, 705 a bushel. Barrel cheese on Monday gained six and a quarter cents to 163 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese, that dropped three and a half to 191 and a half, while double A butter was unchanged, 234 and a half. The April milk right now is up 13 cents at 1775. May milk closed seven cents stronger. At seventeen ninety a hundredweight. All right, what is your guess? What do you think John Heinberg is going to want to talk about this morning? We are going to find out together. He's up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wisconsin Farm Bureau leadership opportunities have benefited me in multiple ways. Right now, I'm a member of the Farm Bureau Leadership Institute, and I always thought I was a good public speaker. And then we went through some of that training in our very first session, and I had these aha moments that I'm going to use when I am promoting agriculture to consumer groups. WFBF.com. You should reach out to them. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Bringing home the bacon. Literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report. Well, you know, that's one place we can start. Talking bacon, talking beef, corn and beans. We're happy to have back with us on this Tuesday morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Uh, So let's jump right into it, John. You know, I wasn't kidding when I said bacon, beef. Uh, The cattle complex seems to be catching your attention this morning. It has been for a while. What's uh, the latest news that seems to be uh, giving us uh, fits and jerks in cattle? 
Well, it continues to be kind of the same old story as prices just keep on climbing here on the futures market as well as the cash market out there reflecting the tight supplies and still fairly good demand that's out there for beef in, in that regard. Now, yesterday we had a big move in feeder cattle prices, which is obviously not for the for the beef producer in terms of the feedlot, not the best situation because obviously their inputs go up dramatically. But, you know, breaking out the new contract highs yesterday with a strong move. Now, I've been hearing for a few weeks now from some of my cattle guys that the price they were paying in the countryside and what they were seeing on the futures weren't quite meshing together and been waiting for this type of a move and maybe yesterday was a trigger to that as uh, prices again like I said now pushing the $200 level plus across the board uh, unfortunately still feels like there's some room to go with those all-time highs from 2014 still sitting out there as a possible target point boy and like you said uh, depending on what side of the cattle industry you're involved in it could be good news it could be just a nightmare Exactly, you know, and obviously we we still have very good value on the live cattle market, and you know, one of the I guess brighter side for the cattle producers, we have seen grain prices come down, so that at least kind of margins up the inputs just a little bit. I mean, we're still not where it needs to be probably to make these prices pencil out, uh, but from that standpoint, at least there's a, maybe a little bit more meat on the bone. You know, it still comes down to cattle numbers. Let's just look at cattle slaughter last week, where 629,000 head of live cattle were slaughtered last week. You know, that's down. 30,000 head or 4.6% from last year. On the year, we're down approximately 2-3%. And then we continue to see those numbers decline. You know, we saw these with the cattle inventory reports, as well as the cattle and feed numbers from back in the fall, these lower placements. that These cattle just are not out there at this time frame, and it might even be a tighter situation as we go forward. It begs the question, who is getting in at these levels? You know, cattle producers are like everybody else. They want to keep the, the lots full the best they can and keep producing. So they're going to do the, you know, the best they can at some of these margins. You know, again, bright, bright side is we got pushing dollar seventy plus cattle for uh, the live side next year. You know, in the fall into next into the winter. You know, so at least like I said, there's a little bit of value out there. But boy, they're taking some risk on with these elevated prices at these time frames. Definitely a window if they're thinking about things like that. That we need to make sure there's some defense out there. I've been doing a lot of work long-term in the cattle market, just making sure we got some safety valves underneath these cattle that you're putting in the lots, because if things flip over, we, you know, we already got tight margins, but if, boy, if prices come down just because they can, you know, that'd be a tough situation overall. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend with us. I want to remind you, if uh, this is something that is motivating you to move, totalfarmmarketing.com is their website. You can call them 800 334 9779. You can send him an email, John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. Let's leave that alone for just a minute, John, because we've got a World Ag Supply Demand Report that's coming out. What did you say tomorrow? Yeah, it's coming out here on Wednesday at 11 o'clock Central Time, as usual. Expecting to see just some minor changes on this one. The biggest thing we'll be focusing on maybe is what is the USDA going to do with our Argentina. You know, the meat market's kind of got a little fire in it again here the last handful of days, and that's tied straight to that Argentina weather and what's going on there. You know, earlier, about or a month or two back, where you saw some moisture come through, and everybody thought the later planted beans are going to be fine. Well, they're not finishing out, and that's continuing to boost that soybean meal price. We see domestic prices here in the United States with strong premiums. That's spilling right over into that market. New contract highs there yesterday, and that's kind of got beans pushing back up to that 1540, 1550 level. Now we'll see if we can find our way to get through that barrier, though.
Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The uh, This has been an interesting market to watch because for a while there, uh, bean meal was getting discounted with all the biodiesel demand on the West Coast. What, has that shriveled up? Well, that's still there. But when you start talking the world's largest exporter of meal in Argentina, basically looking at, you know, they're talking whispers of below 30 or 30 million metric ton crop. That's a massive hit in terms of soybean meal that's available on the export market. Brazil is not a meal exporter to the, to its point. They like the whole bean. So that spends, that spends some of that export demand back to the United States, or at least that's what the market's anticipating. You know, so we'll see if that comes true or not. So obviously now we, we've got a bit of a market for that meal that was always kind of a concern point when you crush for oil there's going to be that byproduct left over and i think that's what the market's looking at now we'll see if we can get through that next leg on prices here because those brazilian beans are still out there and there's still plenty of beans in the world given the size of that crop coming at us just not as much as the market wanted three months ago yeah okay all right so now let's talk about shaking with wheat and when i say shaking literally because it's still all about russia and the ukraine isn't it yeah, it is. Again, we got the grain export deal coming out of the Ukraine, possibly getting extended down here in the middle of the month. Sounds like that's going to happen, even though you know Russia is still kind of you know, pounding the table a little bit, saying we want a little more out of this. I still think in the longer run, it's going to wind up getting extended. Plus, on top of that, Russian wheat prices continue to be soft. They're they're undercutting the world market because they've just got ample supplies, and that just technically has broken this wheat market down. New lows, nearby uh, lows yesterday. You know, closing that KC wheat under eight chicago wheat under seven feels like we got some more room to go unfortunately and that's just going to be an anchor across the entire cereal grains you know keeping corn market probably in check even though at this time frame it wants to maybe go a little bit higher hmm. so uh how are we going to play today then john if wasdi's out tomorrow now, today you'll see some squaring up. Again, This the report for at least the U.S. side probably isn't going to do a whole lot in terms of number changes. We're expecting the corn market to see a little bit more bushels added to the s- supply side in terms of cuts on the, on the demand. Beans will probably be status quo. Wheat will probably mostly status quo, if anything, maybe a few million bushels here or there. The March report really isn't much in terms of adjustments. The focus after this report will quickly go to the acre battle and the planning intentions report at the end of the month. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. All right, John. Very good. Do you have space on your calendar if people still want to talk to you? Yeah, feel free to reach out. Give me a call. Again, you gave us, gave us pass out the numbers there. Love to chat with anybody. We'll be on the road on the 21st heading up to the Melrose area. All right. Beautiful. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, we will catch up with you. Then you'll still be available next week. I'll be here next week for you. Okay, good deal. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Joining us again, he is uh, available for conversations, 800-334-9779. You want to talk to him via email? He's good with that. John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com or their website if you just want to see some great resources, TotalFarmMarketing.com. He'll be back next week. Uh, now, now, remember, next week I am going to be in Iceland. So you'll have Stephanie Hoff and Charity Seebecker taking care of things. But until then, we've got plenty to cover. Tomorrow we'll catch up with our friends from the Wisconsin Beef Council talking with Tammy Vossen, their executive director, on how they work with dairy to make sure those checkoff dollars are going into the proper channels for research, education, and promotion. See you tomorrow.